Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. If this baby gets up to 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Oh, he's yeah. impressed with that one, folks. Yeah. He's not... And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is. Sort of. For something uh, that happens right at the beginning of the movie. I guess it is, but it, it's very important to the whole movie, though. Yeah, I suppose so. Because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for upcoming Hollywood blockbusters, and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible way before the movie ever comes out. If the movie ever comes out. If the movie ever comes out. We're a little bit disappointed today because so many movies that we were due to talk about, so many movies that we've talked about in the past that were due to come out, have been delayed yet again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to see the new James Bond movie. Yeah, give up it's on been, that. It's, it's being not, pushed it's, back. You're never going to see it. Yeah, I, I'm getting the feeling it's There'll going that way. There'll be a new way. James Bond before this movie yeah, comes exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Well, they don't have the money to make another one until they make it back with the new movie. I guess that's the thing. They want to make as much money from it as possible. You're not going to make any money as like Wonder Woman 1984 and other releases recently have taught us. You're not going to make any money if it's not going to cinemas or if it's going to cinemas in like a limited capacity. Because people just aren't spending the money to do those, like, streaming on demand, $30 releases like I did with Scoob. (laughs) Your enjoyable experience with Scoob. Yeah. Yeah, that's one way of saying it. Anyway, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can. Believe it or not, a movie has come out that we've talked about before. The Little Things is currently in limited release cinemas, and I think it's also available on video on demand. Now, that looks like a really good movie. Yeah, I'm actually Um, excited to see it. So, by the time that you listen to this episode, that movie will be out. And I'm certainly going to rush out and watch it. Don't know about you. Listen to our episode where we try to predict that because yeah i think well personally speaking i was very wrong i think we, we well, I threw suppose, out a lot of yeah. things so it's going to be interesting to yeah, see we how threw well out a we lot did. of theories so i'd like to see which one stuck yeah which one how and i also want to know which one of us was closer to the actual plot if it's you I, i'm just going to give up i'm just going to give <laughs> up this gonna, show you're just going to hang up it's your, just going to uh, be the maddie d show you're just going to leave yeah because oh man some of the stuff you predicted in that episode That's why I'm excited to talk about this episode, because I think this movie that we're talking about is going to be a movie that's equally as hard, as difficult to predict, because this week we're talking about the upcoming action thriller, I don't know. Uh, It's an action movie. Is there comedy? I don't know if it's a comedy at all. I don't know if it's a comedy. But we're talking about... Probably has comedic elements to it. Nobody. Nobody. We're talking about nobody. No, and I'm not talking about Maddie D here, folks. No, we're talking about the movie Nobody. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, okay. Previously written joke, eh? I apologize. No, that actually came to me off the top of my head. (laughs) Not to be confused with My Name is Nobody, the Western, which uh, the plot of that movie, there was a really fast gunslinger. He's like, nobody is a faster gunslinger than me. And of course, character called Nobody turns (laughs) up. Shows up and shoots him. Yeah, that's a great movie. People should run out and watch that after they go and see this Nobody. Nobody. Because I think a lot of people haven't heard about this movie because uh, I don't think there's been huge buzz around it, but I Not think really, w- no. when it does come out, I think it's going to do pretty well because it's the sort of movie that appeals to everybody. It's actually written by the same guy who wrote John Wick. It's very John Wickish as well. Derek Kolstad is that writer, and it's also being directed by Ilya Nashula, who directed Hardcore Henry. Have you seen either of those franchises? I know you've seen the John Wick movies because we've covered them mm. before on this show, but did you see Hardcore Henry? No, I have not. Have you heard of Hardcore Henry? No, I have not. So it's like a first person action movie. So all of the action in the movie takes place in first person. What, like in that person's point of view? You play the action hero. You you see from the point of view of the action hero. So he's like jumping out of helicopters, getting into car chases, gunfights, all in first person. And that's a cool concept. Yeah, it's a cool movie. I wouldn't say it's the best movie ever made, but yep. it's, it's an interesting concept and an interesting movie. That would have been so hard to film that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a very technically impressive movie. So, yeah. And it had a great visual flair to it. So I'm hoping that good old Ilya brings that same visual flair to nobody. Mm. Well, it certainly looks that way. I mean, we've only had one trailer. That's, That's all right. I've been able yeah. to find for it. But it definitely has a very John Wick, very... You could almost argue that it's movie. set in the same universe as John Wick because I'm seeing a lot of similarities. In fact, with my plot, not to spoil anything, I basically just took the plot of the first John Wick movie and changed the names. <laughs> so what do we know about Nobody so far? You said we've watched oh, one just trailer. one trailer. So we know it's about a guy that's a middle-aged man, played by Bob Odenkirk, who is just, you know, we'll your, talk regular, about in a sec. your regular suburban family man, but has had a past where he was a assassin or a thief or he was involved in organized crime that's right uh but he's been sort of under the radar and some bad guys he was an auditor have forced him to resurface that's right sound familiar folks sounds very familiar a dog doesn't die though that we know of well we know that there's a cat in the movie so maybe they just switched it out for a cat maybe, who knows <laughs> i know that there's a kitty cat bracelet i know the kitty cat bracelet is somewhat important yeah, in my plot yeah i think the whole thing is the main character doesn't seem like he is going to be a badass but he is Right, yeah, that's right. Which I've got a little bit of a problem with the premise. The movie looks really good, but I, I don't know. I, hmm. You don't like the idea of Bob Odenkirk being an action hero? No, I love Bob o- Odenkirk, but this kind of premise kind of drips. It kind of feels like a writer somewhere was just like, you yeah. know. Derek Kolstad. <laughs> someone bullied him somewhere down the road. He was like, if I was like a big badass, I, yeah. I'd show everybody. Well, it's just playing into that whole fantasy, isn't it? Mm. Like where you're sitting in a situation. Yeah. Toxic where you masculinity. Feel like, yeah, exactly. You feel like you should be able to do something, but you can't. But then you've got like, you've got this yeah. secret, the big, the dark big- past. You're, it's like, you know, you're the cook from uh, Under Siege. The big jock bullied him and, uh, you know, took away the pretty girls. He's like, yeah. if I was a cool auditor, I'd show them. Yeah, exactly. That I'm no nobody. And then they wrote a script and put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, isn't that basically John Wick as well? They messed with <laughs> the wrong bit. man. And they yeah, were also Russian as well. Like, how come, it, how come it always seems to involve the son of a Russian mobster? I don't know. Because it's exactly the same in this movie too. We'll discuss it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah would, r- you like to hear, would you like to hear the official plot yes. synopsis from the official Nobody website? <laughs> oh, the w- Nobody website. Yeah, There's that's a website. right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What now, is it? strap yourself in because this is probably the longest plot prediction I've ever read in my life. Oh boy, it's long. Longest plot prediction? Well, the longest plot description, I should say. Um, All right, so here it is. So, sometimes the man you didn't notice is the most dangerous of all. Emmy winner Bob Odenkirk stars as Hutch Mansell, an underestimated and overlooked dad and husband, taking life's indignities on the chin and never pushing back. A nobody. Are you interested? Are you excited? Yeah, absolutely. When two thieves break into his suburban home one night, Hutch declines to defend himself or his family, hoping to prevent serious violence. His teenage son, Blake, is disappointed in him, and his wife, Becca, seems to pull only further away. That's so mean. Yeah, I know. I'm going to talk about it when I get to my plot, but I don't like this. The aftermath of the incident strikes a match to Hutch's long-simmering rage, triggering dormant instincts and propelling him on a brutal path that will surface dark secrets and lethal skills. In a barrage of fists, gunfire, and squealing tires... What do the tires ever do to him? (laughs) Hutch must save his family from a dangerous adversary and ensure that he will never be underestimated as a nobody again. There we go. That's it. Yeah, okay. That's pretty much what you see in the trailer. Yeah, pretty much. Now, interestingly enough, I didn't actually end up working this into my plot, but in the Wikipedia description for it, he says that he his neighbours get robbed by the same robbers and he goes around and kills the robbers. I didn't know that. To protect his neighbours, but... I didn't read that anywhere else. I looked at all the sources from the Wikipedia page. I read all the articles and nowhere in any of them do they say that he goes around and protects his neighbor by killing the two criminals. There's no evidence of that in the trailer. So 
I didn't really include that in my plot. Okay. And well, I if I did, I, I didn't take it exactly that way. So, mm. But yeah, that just really confused me. I'm like, oh, am I supposed to work that in? But there's no evidence of that. I think something similar is going to happen. But Right. Okay. I, you know. All right. So let's talk about who's in this movie. Let's. So we've mentioned him already playing Hutch Mansell is Bob Odenkirk. Yes. Who everyone probably would know these days either from Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul as Saul Goodman, the corrupt lawyer. He was also in season one of Fargo. I couldn't help bringing up that show yet again. <laughs> and he also made his start in the TV series Mr. Show with Bob and David, if you've ever seen that at all. No, I haven't Basically seen Basically a that. sketch comedy show with him yeah. and David Cross. He did, he did some SNL stuff, didn't he? Was he a writer or something? I think so. Yeah, I think he was involved with SNL in some regard. I remember hearing people from SNL discuss him being around. So what's your history? Go on. Tell me your history with Bob Odenkirk. How do you know him? Pretty much I, I watched him in Breaking Bad. That was the first time I've seen him. Uh, or the first time I've seen him and recognized him. I remember I was like, I know that guy from places. But yeah, Breaking Bad was the first time I really acknowledged him. The first time I ever saw him was in the Tim and Eric awesome show. Right. He would always pop up on that. He was also in Bob Goes to the Mayor. Uh-huh. Not Bob Odenkirk goes Bob to the Bob Odenkirk goes to the mayor. Just his story going to the mayor. Is it Bob goes to the mayor? I could be mixing up that title. But anyway, same another Tim and Eric show. He was in that as well. He's always mm. playing like the guy in the infomercials because he's yes. like, he just sort of has that, like, that infomercial voice. Yeah, he's good at that. So, and that's sort of what he did in Mr. Show as well. Mm. Back when and he was a young like man. in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah, of had course. Shades of he's that. introduced as like a lawyer in an infomercial yeah. in his own commercial. So there you go. But next up, playing his wife, Becca Mansell, is Connie Nielsen, who we've talked about before. She played Hippolyta in Wonder Woman 1984. She had 30 seconds in that movie. Yep. And she was also the incestuous sister of Keanu Reeves in The Devil's Advocate. Was, I brought that up last time. <laughs> Next up, playing Harry Mansell, Hutch's half-brother, who I struggled to work into my plot, is is it RZA or is it RZA? I think it's RZA. Man, we're lame. Now he, yeah, I know. He was apparently the leader of the Wu-Tang Clan. He was also in American Gangster, Funny People, and Iron Fist. Mm. He was actually in two Iron Fist-related movie-slash-TV shows. Oh, okay. Both of them unrelated to each other. Oh, there you go. Are now you familiar with him at all? No. He's, <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's Hutch's half-brother, right? That's, That's right. That's their relationship. He's the brother from another mother, presumably. <laughs> like, literally, probably. Literally, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I struggled to work him into my plot, so I just did my best. <laughs> sure but you there. don't see him in the trailer at no. all. In fact, if if he is who I think he is in the trailer, you see him for like one second. Right. I think he's wielding like a sniper rifle or something. Oh, so. cool. So yeah, I, I, if that was him, aside from that, you don't see him having any conversation with Hutch at all. So I was, like I said, very confused with how he works into the plot. Next up, playing the villain, presumably the villain of the movie, Carnegie, who is a Russian drug lord, is Alexei. Uh, Alexei. You got this. You got this. Sarah Bryakov. Sarah Bryakov. There you go. Sounds right to me. Sarah Bryakov, who was apparently a highly acclaimed Russian actor, though I can't say I've seen him in anything before because I'm not Russian. I'm not familiar with Russian actors. Apparently, he's one of the most successful, high-paid Russian actors in the world, I guess, in in Russia, I suppose. Cool, cool. So, yeah, I guess it was quite a get to get him in this movie. Sort of like, I suppose, how Christoph Waltz was a big actor in Germany before he broke into the States with Tarantino's movies. Yeah. Guessing the same thing here. And last but certainly not least, playing Harry yeah. Harry Mansell, who is Hutch's father. I'm so excited to talk about this guy. It's Christopher Lloyd, who we've never talked about before on our show to he this point. He hasn't done a movie for ages, so it's great to see him in so, this. So, of course, Christopher Lloyd is probably most famous for his biggest role as Switchblade Sam in Dennis the Menace. How great is, that? How great is Switchblade Sam? Yes. An apple. Well, what's eating that sport? An apple. An apple. Of course, he was Doc in Back to the Future. He was Just catching the breeze. Judge Doom in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. And he was whatever his character's name was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 
who did he play in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I You're the expert. Could remember that guy's name. Anyway, it was the guy who barks at the end. Yeah, it was somebody who died in the book. Uh, he Ooh. was also in Taxi, Taxi, the TV show. That's with it. Danny DeVito. He was great in Taxi. He was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. Yeah, well, that's Christopher Lloyd, and I guess we're both big fans of Christopher Lloyd. I get the Who sad feeling isn't? that this might be one of the last movies we ever see him in. Aww. He's Aww. certainly getting along in age. I yeah. didn't even recognize him at first when I saw him in the trailer. I'm like, that's Christopher Lloyd? Wow. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be doing any action. When we first talked about discussing this movie, you thought that Christopher Lloyd was going to be the villain of the movie. <laughs> and I was like, huh, I don't think he can barely walk. I don't think he's going to be doing much action. Well, no, he just appears to be Hutch's dad. Yeah, that's right. So. His elderly dad at that with a blanket over his legs and going like, where's my soup, money? <laughs> We love Christopher Lloyd. Great Scott. Right. So that's everybody who's in the movie. Should we get straight into our plots? I think we should. I yep. think we should. I know you've got a very detailed plot, which yes. I'm really excited to hear. Yes. But- and so do you think our plots will be similar at all? See, when I was writing my plot, I was like, I think we're going to be similar. But now yeah. I'm thinking maybe not. No, I don't think we're going to be similar at all. I think we'll have similar points, but overall our plots will be radically different. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have different moments. Because I found this easy. I found it very it difficult. Yeah, so, I struggled with this one. This was an easy one for me. I was like, yep, 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 yep. Like yep. I said, well, when I eventually took the, tact, <laughs> when I took the tact of just adapting the John Wick original movie yeah. and just changing the character names, that's when I, it sort of came together for me. But before then I was like, well, surely they just won't copy John Wick again. Surely they've got to do something different. But then as I was watching the trailer, I was just like, I'm not seeing a lot of evidence to the contrary. So anyway, should I dive straight into mine? You want to go first? Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Go for now, it. Now, overall, uh, just as an overall sort of like tone for the movie, I think it'll basically be a combination of Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and John Wick, obviously. <laughs> That's what they're going for, right? So you know how in Breaking Bad, you've got Brian Cranston's character, Walter White, how he starts off as a very sort of mild-mannered, frustrated, yes. Uh, yes. like middle-aged father and teacher who basically has never gotten into a fight in his life. And by the end of the series, he's like a hardened drug he's lord. Heisenberg. Who's killed... Several people, you know, at least 30 people, I suppose. He becomes, yeah, Heisenberg. And he, he sort of realizes by the end of it, oh, the whole reason I did this is because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience. I'm very selfish. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm basically seeing, I suppose, from the same series, Bob Odenkirk doing the same thing in this movie. But yeah, so I think the movie will start with a flash forward. Here we go. Something, what? Something new for our show. Bringing something new to the table. A flash forward? So, yeah, yeah, we're jumping to the very end of the movie where we see a beaten and bruised Hutch barely able to stand, clutching a gun oh, in his hand. I love it. It's like Max Payne 3. Exactly. There are dead bodies, fire and chaos all around him, and he grimaces as the police arrive, tossing the gun to his feet and raising his hands in the air. So the police drag him into an interview room, you know, the kind with the two-way mirror. Uh-huh. I think it, I think every second movie we cover... If it, doesn't, <laughs> that? if it doesn't have a motorcycle chase in it, it's got one of those police interrogation rooms with a two-way mirror. And they start asking him a million questions. Hutch ignores them and just stares at himself in the mirror while Has smoking. A smoke. Smoking a cigarette like a cool guy. And then one question finally gets to him and it snaps him out of his daze when an officer asks, just who the fuck are you anyway? And Hutch turns to the officer and says, me, I'm nobody. Are we going to get like a title that's just like <sighs> nobody, like Joker, like nobody? Mm, there might be a title sequence here, but as I've discussed in a previous episode, they don't usually do titles in movies these days. It's mainly de- They mainly just sort of stick to the action. Mm-hmm. So I like to imagine we'll see his face when he says, I'm nobody, and then we'll jump back in time. It's the same framing of his face, but he's lying in bed, staring up at the ceiling. Ooh. Or he's like in the mirror. I don't know why I'm... No, he's not looking in the mirror. So he's just lying in the bed. He's like brushing his teeth for the morning. Yeah, so we cut to a few weeks before where we see Hutch lying in bed next to his wife and we soon learn that he has trouble sleeping due to bad dreams caused by severe PTSD. Mm. Now, they've actually said he has PTSD in that's correct. the bio as well. Yeah, that's true. 
So he lies and tells everybody that the PTSD is from a bad car accident that he had several years ago. Oh, yeah. But I suppose we know watching the trailer that that isn't actually true. So, of course, we see a day in Hutch's less than average life where he forgets to take out the bins in time for collection in the morning. He's <laughs> yeah. the garbage truck coming. It's like, oh, shit, I forgot to take it out. His wife's like, did you remember to put the bins out last night? And they cut to him like running out with the bin like we see in the trailer. Uh, and he doesn't have the respect of his children, Blake and Sammy. And he misses the bus for work and is subsequently late. For his job. Gets chewed out by his boss. Yeah, exactly. And he can't do anything about it. Maybe, I didn't write this into my plot, but maybe there's like a scene later on the movie where he like snaps at his boss. Yeah. Like in Breaking Bad when Walter White finally says to the boss of the car wash, like, wipe down this. Fuck you and your eyebrows. Something (laughs) along those lines. So we see that Hutch works at a dead-end boring job in a factory, and I think the factory will be called Williams Manufacturing, just judging from the logo on his coffee cup alone. Okay. So if it's Williams Manufacturing, points my way, please. right. Where even his co-workers think he's a loser. He can't even catch a break at his own job. Doesn't have any friends there. Sits by himself in the lunchroom every day, eating his sandwich. They put like a sign on the back of his chair that says, kick me. Yeah. And everyone just kicks the chair. They knock the books out of his hands. Yeah. That evening, while everyone's in bed, Hutch is awoken by a noise downstairs. He creeps down with a golf club and finds that the house is being robbed by two masked men, just like we discussed earlier. Hutch goes to attack the men, but hesitates, decides to call the police instead, and the two robbers leave well before the police arrive. So they take what they need to, they get out, police come like 15 minutes later. When questioned about the robbery, Hutch tells the police that he didn't even consider attacking the robbers, and his son Blake is disappointed by this. He's like, Dad, why didn't why you didn't just, you, why why didn't you just be more violent? Why can't you just be a man? Can't believe you did the right thing and avoided a violent situation and endangered everybody in the yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Dad. I want to be proud of you. <laughs> Should have beat him up. That's why the neighbor's sleeping with mom. <laughs> oh my god, is he a cuck? <laughs> yes. Is this where this movie is going? Yep. Oh man. So the next morning, Hutch and his family find out what the robbers stole from them, which is mainly a few minor valuables, but Hutch is upset to learn that they also took his daughter's kitty cat bracelet, which was a precious gift. And of course, the little daughter is Sammy. She's devastated by this, and this really angers Hutch. Hutch's wife, Becca, becomes more frustrated with Hutch because she feels like there was more that he could have done to stop the robbery, prevent these things from being stolen. She's like, this is why I'm sleeping with the neighbor. Oh my God. The neighbor's just banging her. So mean-spirited. As he's leaving the house to drop Blake off at school, Hutch is approached by his yuppie neighbor. Here we go. Here Here he comes. Here he comes. Who wishes they'd robbed his place because he thinks he could have taken them. We see in the trailer, he's like punching the air. It's like, I think I could have taken them. And that's why I'm banging your wife. So, hey, I'll see, tell your wife I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll see you, la- see you later, Joe. <laughs> also, take the bins out. Yeah. This makes Blake even more disappointed in his father, and he ends up leaving for school on his own. He's like, fuck this, Dad. I'm walking to school. I don't need to get in your cuckmobile. <laughs> Doesn't he catch the bus, though? Ah, uh, well, his dad catches the bus. Right. But maybe they only have one car, and his mum always uses uh, the wife, always uses the car. Right. But yeah, on this circumstance, she's taking the day off work because she's traumatized from the, the experience the night before. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. Sure. I did see a car in the driveway, so. Yeah, I was kind of wondering why he was um, yeah, why he's in the bus, but I have my own theories there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just guessing they have one family car. At Hutch's work, a colleague asks why he didn't fight the robbers, and Hutch claims he was trying to keep the damage to a minimum. This all starts to eat at Hutch, who, when he returns home, finds that he can't even face his family. He just stands outside, staring in at them through the window. They all look happy and and peaceful, and he's just like, I can't even show my face to them anymore. They're just so disappointed in me, I don't feel like a man. 
Really feeling for this Hutch yeah. guy. Hutch feels more distant from his wife, and we even see a physical divide between them in their bed. So you see shot from above, them lying in bed. He's lying on his back, awake as per usual. She's asleep, facing away from him, and there's like a pillow sort of fort. Isn't it in the trailer in- he's on a mattress on the floor? Uh, I don't know. But I in my version, in my version, there's just like pillows dividing the bed up. But it would make more sense if he's sleeping on the floor. Or, in the, or maybe even on the couch. <laughs> just the neighbours in the bed with the wife and he's lying on the floor on a little blow-up mattress. <laughs> This joke is really upsetting me the more you say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. It'd work for the movie, I suppose. <laughs> it would. So the next day, we see that Hutch keeps a gun and money in a shoebox hidden in his cupboard. It's the Russian mob that are sleeping with her. There we go. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's your motivation. Hutch takes the gun and stuffs it in his jacket before heading off to work. So he wants to feel like more of a man. Of course, the gun is the ultimate like penile symbol in movies. So this is his way of feeling better about himself is just by having this gun. Yeah. And also, he was just robbed, so he wants to be prepared next yeah, time. Yeah, that PTSD is really getting to him now because, you know, the whole reason he avoided the violent situation was because of his PTSD. Mm-hmm. After work, with the help of his half-brother Harry, here we go, strap yourself in. So Harry seems to be involved with Hutch's mysterious past. I love I love your linking Harry in. Let's yes. go. Let's do it. So he sees Harry, he goes around and they're like, oh, good to see your brother from another mother, presumably. <laughs> and the two of them hunt down the two robbers and violently interrogate them at gunpoint. Hutch is able to recover all the belongings that were stolen from him, including Sammy's kitty cat bracelet. Yay. When he comes home with their stolen goods, Hutch tells his family that the police caught the robbers and managed to recover their possessions. So he lies, basically. Yeah. Hutch seems to be a little rattled by the experience, and recovering the stolen property still hasn't won over his family. Because they'll be like, well, it wouldn't have been stolen in the first place if you hadn't done something about it, Dad. So yeah, the police did all the work here. <laughs> like, it's their job to right. do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he left it to the police. And he can't just be like, oh, actually, actually, I did it. I did it. I yeah, right, Dad. <laughs> Later on, Hutch visits his elderly father, who is worried about him. Hutch explains to his father that there's a part of him that's been lying dormant for years, and it's desperate to get out. We see this in the trailer. His father gives him some wise words about being the man of the house, which further frustrates Hutch. He's just like, you know, sometimes, son, you just got to be the man. I mean, when I'm not sleeping with your wife. He says, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Yes. The flux capacitor. It's what makes time travel possible. Does he have a bandage on his head? Yes. Has, he fel- yes. has he filmed when he's like putting a picture on the, his toilet, on his toilet wall? And he saw Hutch like walking with like the, the stuff that he took from the robbers. And he goes, is this man stealing evidence from the scene of a crime? <laughs> Moving on. So Hutch takes out his aggression by punching a brick wall in the rain. We see this in the trailer. Classic cool guy stuff. So after he sees his dad, he's frustrated with his dad, so he leaves and he's just like, fuck this, I'm going to punch a wall. And while traveling home on the bus, a group of ruffians get on board and start harassing the passengers. The ruffians start to harass a young woman, and Hutch looks like he's going to step in and help her. So they start to harass her, they start to grope at her a bit. Hutch stands up and starts walking towards them. Uh, The ruffians turn and look at Hutch, and a tall Russian ruffian pulls a knife on him and says, What are you going to do, old man? Instead, Hutch just brushes past them and goes to get off the bus. So he wasn't trying to help at all, he was just Mm -hmm. trying to get off the bus before any violence happened. Because his PTSD was kicking in, his hands were starting to shake, starting to get a bit nervous. And the ruffians call him a coward, and Hutch hesitates and grips the gun in his jacket. The ruffians turn their attention back towards Hutch and ask, What are you still doing here, old man? Hutch pulls out the gun, empties the bullets from the chamber, and says, I'm gonna fuck you up. The ruffians all laugh, and Hutch beats the crap out of them in an impressively violent action scene, which we see in the trailer. That involves a bottle and all sorts of shenanigans. He puts like a bottle in their mouth and starts smacking it with his hand. I'm sure it's gonna be even more violent in the actual movie. Can't wait to see it. So Hutch returns home, bloody and beaten, and tells his wife, it's been a long day. When Becca asks what he's been up to, he simply tells her that he's been sorting out some of his issues. Maybe they have, you know, great passionate sex after this point as well. <laughs> oh he's God. like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> he's 
all beaten up. Yeah, is he all bruised? And yeah, that's not? right. So his face is all cut up and bruised. So there's no questions asked about that, or is it just? Well, he just, just like, skirts the issue. Right. He just she's. I guess she just thinks it's better not to ask. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, maybe. She's smoking a cigarette and the neighbor's leaving out the back door. But anyway, so soon, the police officer as well. Yeah. He's and, he, and his dad. So soon, <laughs> Hutch becomes a changed man around the house. He becomes more outspoken and cheery, and his children finally seem to respect him more. As he's serving up dinner to his family, Hutch gets a phone call from Harry, who's his half-brother, warning him that his house is about to be raided by heavily armed gangsters in tactile gear. Hutch ushers his family into a panic room and tells them not to call the cops. So the gangsters enter the house and Hutch shuts off the lights and violently takes out the gangsters one by one. He doesn't even have a weapon. He's just taking their weapons, using objects around the house to fight them. We see this in the trailer. In the middle of the chaos, much to Hutch's horror, Blake tries to help by fighting the gangsters and they punch him out. Oh. This forces Hutch to kill the remaining gangsters to save his son's life. So the son was just punched. He wasn't like shot or maimed in any way. He was just punched out. And then, of course, they go to shoot him. Hutch has to fly in and take them all out lethally. Once the dust settles, Hutch reveals to Becca that he previously worked in a criminal organization as a hitman slash enforcer, known in this universe as an auditor for 12 years. But he gave up this line of work to start a family. Sounds familiar? Sounds very familiar. Maybe had a dog as well. No, Becca is Has actually... a whole bunch of tattoos on his yeah, body. Yeah, exactly. He has a gun collection in the basement under concrete. He's known as the Boogeyman. Yes, the Baba Yaga. So Becca is naturally shocked by this, but in true Hollywood fashion, goes along with a revelation. She's like, ooh, now you're a little bit more attractive yeah, to me Yeah, exactly. Now. We quickly learn through one of Hutch's old world contacts, who I couldn't give a name to. Uh, it's not Harry. He finds out through this contact that one of the ruffians that Hutch beat up on the bus was the son of a notorious Russian mobster, Carnegie. Who's just bullying people on buses. Yeah. <laughs> well, the else? son is not Carnegie. What else can a mo- like a son of a family? They must have just been on their way home gangster. from hanging out at the dingy nightclub. That yeah, the Russian, dingy nightclubs, exactly. It always appears in these movies. And, you know, they had a few to drink. They were like, oh, no, we didn't bring our cars or don't have any chaperones. So I yeah, guess we're exactly. catching the bus we're catching now. the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when Hutch left... Dad, can you pick me up? No, catch the bus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when Hutch left his life as an auditor, he abandoned an outstanding debt that was taken up by Carnegie. And now that Hutch has made himself known again, Carnegie is out to settle the debt and get revenge for his son. So I don't think his son was killed. He was just more so... He was embarrassed. Carnegie was embarrassed that his son was beaten up in well, the you, first place. Yeah, you can't you can't rough his son up. Like, that's yeah, the exactly. whole thing of, uh, you know, a mafia man, a Don, you know, don't yeah, mess exactly. with my family. Exactly. So we see that Hutch gathers up a collection of gold and other valuables, including stamps, rare stamps, that he has hidden in a pinball machine in his home. And then Not he... in the floorboards underneath the house? No. No. This isn't a pinball machine. So he then contacts his brother, Harry, and we know that a plan is afoot. So here we go. This is just for you, Matty D. Thank you. Hutch turns up at a seedy nightclub, which is obviously run by the Russian mob. Love it. Carnegie is introduced through an over-the-top song and dance number. And when he's finished his curtain call, he and his men surround Hutch. So I like to imagine it's sort of like a scene from uh, Birds of Prey where... There's also a nightclub scene in that, yep. but yeah. Carnegie is very much an over-the-top showman. He'll come out and sing, you know, that's love, or something <laughs> like that. Be He's got a performance going Yeah, on. exactly. It's got a big song and dance number, and, and Hutch is just staring in amazement. And of I course, like when thinking he's done, of it like a Jessica Rabbit performance. Yeah. <laughs> you had plenty money, 1922. You let 
All the women make... Anyway. I'm not bad, I'm just drawn this way. <laughs> I'm not bad, I'm just a Russian mobster stereotype. This is another movie with, a, with presumably... Well, well he's this Russian. This is actual Russian, so, so we're we'll never bad He's going to have a accent. real Russian accent, but it's another movie where it's just... We're going to have a Russian accent in it. Anyway. Hollywood hates Russians right now, so... Apparently so. So, of course, Carnegie and his men have surrounded Hutch at this point, and Hutch offers to pay back his debt in full with cash, which Carnegie gleefully accepts. But Carnegie says, You may have paid off your personal debt... But what about your debt to my son? But Hutch insists that they're even, since Carnegie's mobsters beat up Blake, who was, of course, mm-hmm, Hutch's son, mm-hmm. during the home invasion. Carnegie disagrees. It was one punch. Hardly, yeah. hardly fair. Exactly. Carnegie disagrees just like that and orders his mobsters to kill Hutch. And Carnegie promptly leaves the nightclub. He's like, kill him. I'm off. I'm off to do some other stuff. I will See not later. watch this. Exactly. Harry looks like he's dead to rights. I, I put that in for myself. <laughs> but he's saved at the last second by Harry, his brother, his half-brother who takes out several mobsters from a catwalk with a sniper rifle. That's cool, that's exactly cool. Exactly like Willem Dafoe's character in John Wick. <laughs> Hutch springs into action and takes out the rest of the mobsters in a scene straight from John Wick. There you go. But unfortunately, again, like in John Wick, Harry is killed in the firefight, just like Willem Dafoe. The fight spills out into the street. I love when a fight spills out in the street. Exactly. Where Hutch, who is pursued by gangsters, hot wires a car. We have a car chase where Hutch is chasing Carnegie, and in turn is being chased by mobsters himself. So there's the squealing tyres, they're going around corners, they're shooting guns out the window. It's going to be a great scene. The chase culminates in another shootout in a mobster warehouse, complete with explosions and gory dismemberments. Hutch finally corners Carnegie and takes him out in a brutal fashion. You know, maybe shoots him in the head, maybe blows him up, maybe, yeah, Max Payne 3 style, there you go, before strolling out of the burning warehouse, just like we saw at the start of the movie. Cool. And that is my plot. Oh, wow. That wasn't too so long. So he's got like cool music playing in the background. He wanders out. We know that he's going to be picked up by the police and end up in the custody. What happens to him next will be explored, presumably, in a sequel so if it's ever made. They're padding their pockets. They're putting it, they're saying that this, this film's going to be a success. We're going to yep. have a sequel. There we go. And that was my plot. Wow. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, not too bad. I don't think it's exactly going to happen like that in the movie, but we'll see. I see a lot of influences there. I see a little bit of John Wick. I see yep. a little bit of Max Payne, actually. Yeah, exactly. As well. There we go. Uh, if anyone's would, played that. Would it surprise you if I said that our plots had a few similarities? Mm, it wouldn't surprise me. I did predict that we might have a few things the same, but I mm. didn't think they'd be exactly the same. But there are some differences. There, there we are go. some differences. I'm actually excited to hear yours well, now. Let's go into what I think, because I, I this was easy for me writing this. Right, okay. So this will either show that I kind of knew the movie or that I don't know the movie at all. Yeah, so there we go. Here we go. But so I, you're really sort of putting yourself in a corner here, because if you're completely <laughs> wrong... <laughs> Just goes to show that your whole impression was wrong. That's right. So that's your right. whole challenge now is to try and get more points than me down the, down the road. Absolutely. Just absolutely. to prove how easy it was. Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to say with this movie, I think it's just listening to your plot. I agree that there's a lot of there's going to be like a very John Wick vibe, but I think this one is going to be more grounded in reality than that movie is. Yeah, I think. Do you know so. what I mean? It's not going to be as flashing as comicy. Yeah, yeah, I think Comic so. Comic booky, I should say. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be more stylistic than John Wick is, just because of the director. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what will happen. I am not going to have a flash forward. It's just going to be straight into- Well, we're going to have some differences. Into the life of Brian. Oh. That's right. Uh, we're going to actually go straight into the break-in. Right, That's okay. where the movie is going to so start The movie off. opens with the break-in. That's right, that's right. So- it's going to be Hutch. So you've learnt your lesson and you know that now that movies like this have got to start with <laughs> some really sort of action. I really wanted to have like a character developing scene, but I was like, oh no, I'll have the break-in first. <laughs> He's learning, folks. So Hutch wakes up, people are like, uh, you know, breaking into his house. He hears it. He comes down the stairs. He has- like the bananas in pyjamas. He, exactly. He gets a golf club. He's like, kind of like creeping up 
uh, yep. along the wall. He can see these guys. They're not really professional killers, professional wow. professional thieves, I should say. Right. So they're kind of bumbling around and whatnot, but they are masked and they're bumbling around, knocking into stuff. Yeah, a little bit. They kind of they're kind of very desperate people. Right. They're not professional people at all. So he's about to come and hit the guy over the head with his golf club, but has some reservations. There you go. Holds himself back. Unlike you, though, the thief will then realize that Hutch is there right. and will start beating him up. There we go. Blake, his son, will come downstairs. He'll try to take a swing at the thief. The thief will clock him. Yep. Blake will go down, leading to his black eye, which he'll have for the trailer for the following scenes. There we go. And then we'll see a scene where we're zooming in on Hutch as he's just getting pummeled. He doesn't look like he's pummeled. in pain. Yeah, like beaten up and kicked. Yep. Doesn't look like he's in pain, but he's just kind of letting this happen. So right. zoom in on his face. Chaos is like, you know, they're running around. They're doing whatever There's they want to his fist flying house. at him. And, and they're, they're kicking him and he's just kind of just taking it. Yeah. He's rolling over essentially. And that's going to be the start of the movie. There we go. That's right. So uh, there afterwards, the police come. They they sort of ask, why didn't, why didn't you do anything, Hutch? And he said, I just didn't want... Correctly, he says, I didn't want to instigate any violence. I didn't want to, you know, escalate the situation. Yeah, even though my son was punched. Yeah. And his son says, I think you could have taken him, Dad. Yeah. Uh, How can you let me get punched? Yeah. So at this point onwards, Hutch is just going to be demasculated. Wow. Emasculated by by everybody from this point onwards. We're going to see a little bit of his life and just everybody kind of saying to him... You're not a real man. Yeah, or implying that. So we're going to have the police officer saying like... He's not going to full on say it, but he'll just kind of be like, so you didn't do anything at all? Like, really? what's going on? Uh, his son's going to be ashamed of him. The neighbor will be a jerk about it. As yep. Similar to your plot, will be like, oh, if he came over to my house, I'd, I'd beat the shit out of him. Wow. Um, Very Australian neighbor now. <laughs> absolutely. His wife begins to become cold to him. They're not even going to share the same bed. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on a mattress on the floor. There we go, in your version. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to rewatch that trailer and see if that's the case. His dad, played by Christopher Lloyd, who is an aged assassin as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so it was a family, family business. business. <laughs> but he, everyone sort of thinks this character is senile or has dementia. They kind of write right. him off. I kind was of, a killer. Sure, sure. Yeah, kind of similar to Hutch. Like he has, he has a conversation with his dad and his dad sort of says, you know, this is not the way we would have handled things back in the day. You know, back in the old days, they would have been dead. So even his dad's giving him Giving, giving him, him shit, yeah. The thieves stole, uh, I believe they said they stole a watch, and yep. they also stole $20, nothing. But yeah. they also slashed his tires just because they're jokes. Oh, what? So for this, he has to catch the bus. Don't forget the kitty cat bracelet. No, that comes later. Okay. That's a little difference between your, your plot you and my plot. He's catching the bus. He ca- he has to take his car into a mechanic to get it fixed. The mechanic's even giving him grief, being like, you know, wow. I would have beat him up. He's getting grief from everybody. Right. And I just want to say on a personal note- Old ladies note, on a, in the street come up to him. I just want to say on a personal note that like violence is never the right thing. So this should this should have, this have sort of thing should be congratulated. But in this movie, it'll be like, no, you're not a man unless you're killing people. So yeah. you got to roll with the formula. Okay. So he's on the bus coming home. It's night. Jeez, I wonder what's going to happen yeah, here. Yeah, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be a real surprise what's going to happen here. And then some young thugs mm-hmm. start harassing a young girl on the bus. So Hutch, he just goes to leave. He rushes yep. past them. I know it's quite similar, right? Yep, yep. One of the kids, one of the thugs will say something. One of the hooligans. Yeah, he'll say something smart to him like, oh, keep moving, old man, or something along those lines. And this just triggers him. All yep. this build up, all this like internal All this demasculation. He turns around. Now, he has a gun on him. Maybe to lift something from your plot. Maybe he bought a gun just for self-defense as well. Right. But he pulls out the gun, but then empties out the bullets and says, I'm going to fuck you up. Yep. In an impressive scene, that's exactly like your plot. He yes. beats up 
the thugs. Because we wouldn't, on the we bus. couldn't be bothered writing a blow by blow of the action. No, and we don't need to. And he uses a bottle as well. Yeah, but these are just regular guys, by the way, Kieran. These aren't anybody important. Right. Okay. No Russian mobsters' sons there at all. No, not okay. at all. Now, rather than everyone being like, "Wow, thank you so much," everyone's kind of scared because he did right. violently just take. I suppose out to these an guys. outsider, it might have looked like he just beat up regular people. So the girl is kind of. He sort of asks the girl if she's all right, and she's kind of scared of him. And the bus driver's kind of freaked out. Everyone's freaked out of him. Yeah. So he just uh, he decides to leave, and the bus driver calls the police. Mm. On his way back, he's sort of coming down from this adrenaline rush and he starts punching the wall. Yep. So he's kind of angry at himself. In the rain? In the rain, yeah. He's angry at himself because he let it get to him. He lost control. Yeah. He comes home, he's messy, he's like filthy, he's like disheveled, he's all bloodied up. The dishes haven't been done in weeks. (laughs) He hasn't vacuumed. Uh, his wife asks what happened, and he says nothing. Don't worry about it. I kind of got into a kind of got into got a little bit of a, a, a little bit of into a, into a skirmish. Let me just say that. Uh, now we're going to have a flash, and we're going to see Carnegie. This is the first time we meet this yep. character. So Carnegie flashes us. Yep. Yep. Carnegie flashes us in his in his dance number. <laughs> okay. And one of his one of his goons brings in one of these thugs. So one of the right. goons brings in one of these thugs. He says, "My son." No, not his son. Okay. Tell this man what you saw. And the kid explains exactly what yep. happened on the bus. And Carnegie realizes that someone he thought was dead mm. is actually alive. Did he look dun, like the guy dun, from Better Call Saul? <laughs> he did actually. What? Well, can only be one man. So Hutch is at home. He's kind of coming to terms with what happened in the day and he gets a voicemail in Russian. Now, I had, mm. I thought it might have been his half-brother or, or old contact that called him. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's the Russians that call him. Right, so, right. They, so the rest of the family are like, what's this Russian voicemail? This is kind of weird. Is it like a scam? But because unbeknownst to his family, Hutch knows Russian and he knows that they're actually saying, we know where you live. Mm. And we know your phone number, apparently. Yes. Because, of course, the police kind of like, there's information. There's corruption there. Because ah. it kind of worked out where, no, they worked out where he was, like what area he was from. Okay. And then he decides to take his family into a panic room that they have never seen before. They're like, what? Yep. Do you have a panic room this whole time? He's like, hide here. And we have a big action scene in his house. Oh, so people are breaking into his people house. People break into his house okay. and start, and he takes them out. And these are these are Russian mobsters. Okay, one of them is going to steal before they run away the kitty cat bracelet. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to add insult to injury. So also, we while, take this kitty cat bracelet. Bye. When when these hitmen are attacking Hutch's house, we'll see the same neighbor from before scream very effeminately <laughs> and hide. <laughs> So he wasn't a big tough guy after oh, all. There you go. So after the fight, uh, Hutch lets his family out of the panic room, tells them to hold tight. He comes around to his brother's house, who is also in the business. And maybe I sort of suggest in my point yeah. as well that he was. The uh, family business, of course. The family yes, assassin. the family business. And maybe business. he's like half-brother. They're not related, but they're brothers because they work together. Right, okay. So they're blood brothers. Mm-hmm. So his brother is going to give him, his half-brother is going to give him some exposition. He's going to say that when he was doing his last job, he decided to call it quits. Yep. And that creditor has found out where he lives, which is uh, Carnegie. Yeah. And now that they know where he lives, they're after him. So Hutch goes to, goes to meet this head on and goes to a club. A dingy nightclub? Yeah, it's going to be like a typical nightclub, like a doof-doof nightclub. Okay. Yeah, dingy, why not? Not not too dingy, you know what I mean? But wow. a seedy nightclub. Okay, a seedy nightclub. There we go. On our scales of nightclubs, it's not dingy, but it's like seedy. Seedy, which is it's the like next step, step up. up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He goes and confronts Carnegie. It, of course, ends up in a big fight scene that spills out onto the street. There we go. I hope this happens in the movie There now. will be some rooftop fights as well where Ooh, Hutch is cool. running along the rooftops. Uh, the police will come in and get involved. 
Now, they, of course, are looking for him from the whole bus incident as well. So they detain him and also some of the other mafia hitmen. So he's being a badass while he's been captured in in a holding cell. But the bad guys manage to escape and there's a big fight within this holding Mm. facility that spills out into the streets. Again, (laughs) Rambo's just there for some reason. Of course. Gemini Man is there. So Hutch... Hutch is beating uh, one of the last thugs up, and the last thugs, what, the last remaining thug, tells him that Carnegie has his family. Oh no! Oh no! Exactly. Hutch beats him to death because <laughs> because he can. But he's not looking too good either, so he's a little bit bloodied up, and he's worse for wear. Yeah. At this point, all the other mafiosos think he's dead. Think they've taken care of him. Yep. Yep. So they're all they're cool. They're fine. So why have they still got his family? I don't know. They're 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 pay- he's paying off his debt. Okay. There you go. You're my family now. So Hutch will arrive at Carnegie's cool mansion. He'll have a like beautiful favela kind of thing. What, a flavella, <laughs> which is a slum. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like a, <laughs> like a One of those Russian flavellas. <laughs> He'll like have a really nice house. He has the Kremlin there. Yeah. Picture like a uh, Scarface house. Okay, yeah. Maybe not. You know, they're too, called mansions. Maybe not too 80s. I said a mansion. Okay. You also said a favela, but okay. <laughs> He'll arrive there, shoot everyone. Carnegie will tell him that they will never Wait, stop. Wait, do you mean like a him. villa? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Then we finally cracked it. <laughs> That's it. There we That's go. That's it. So yeah, he he takes out all the all the goons. He gets up to Carnegie. Carnegie tells him this isn't the end. You know, all all sinister and yeah. stuff. And he takes off his mask and reveals that he is Christopher Lloyd. What? Okay. Who's also killed uh, his brother. And he's a very elaborate mask. When I killed your brother, oh. I spoke just like this. And when he kills when he kills Carnegie, finally he spends the rest of his day in a top in a tropical island drinking. Well, no, that's go. not really what okay, happened. That's right. not really what happened. I was I just, gonna say I just, Jesus Christ. Just wanted to add that in there for you, Kieran. So that would be great. Hutch tells Carnegie that he couldn't do it anymore. Essentially it gets to, it, it gets explained that Carnegie hired Hutch to kill somebody who was actually a good person, good for the community. Right. Hutch was at like a point. Mayor where or something? Like, Oh, just somebody who's doing good uh, charity work or something. Okay. Hutch couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't do that line of work. So he disappeared. He went off the grid. They have this little confrontation and Hutch kicks Carnegie out a window. Mm. Mm-hmm. He walks out like a badass with the kitty cat bracelet in hand. He beats up the guy that had the, that stole the bracelet in a really brutal fashion. For some fashion. reason. Oh, you know. Maybe a, he really liked the kitty cat just bracelet. A, yeah, he wanted to wear it. Now, this guy was just a jerk. Okay. You know, we we got to hate these guys. Okay. He's walking out and there's police outside the mansion. We can see the sirens. Yep. And all the flashing lights and We whatnot. can hear the flashing lights. We can see the sirens. Exactly. And he walks out. We can see a shot where he's holding the kitty cat bracelet. He's all bladed up. He walks straight down. He gets arrested because, of course, he is. Yep. Everyone's arrested who's alive left, which pretty much is just him. Mm-hmm. As he's getting carted away, he gives the bracelet to his daughter and smiles. Who's just there. She was just standing outside the mansion <laughs> watching the chaos. Well, his family's there. Oh, that's right. They were kidnapped, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. In the last scene, he's being interrogated. He gets told. Um, he gets told by the the people that detained him. Look, you know, you didn't technically commit any crimes. I mean, you beat up bad guys. And you kicked a man out a window. But that was a bad guy. Kieran. Okay. And also, you kind of assisted us. So, you know, we're not going to keep you. We're just going to charge you for manslaughter we're, because that's the law. We're, we're not going to. We're not going to arrest you or anything. But <laughs> okay. Just one question. So these are like the same place from like <laughs> Candyman universe. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. We just let murderers go. Potential murderers just out on the street. One question. Who are you? And he says, I'm nobody. And smokes a cigarette. That's my plot, by the way. There we go. That's it. Well done. I did see a lot of similarities, but of course, there are a lot of major differences there as well. You know what? I know I know by your look you think I'm wrong, but I think I'm quite right. No, I don't right. know. I, I think I I'm quite be, right. I, don't wouldn't, I wouldn't be confident enough to say that you're right or wrong. But yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm exactly right or wrong. I couldn't even tell you who has a better chance of being close to the real movie. I suppose we'll find out. 
Do you think we're dead on the money, dear audience? Do you have a completely different opinion of what you think is going to happen that, in Nobody? That's right. Tell us what you think is going to happen yeah. in Nobody. Tell us if you're looking forward to the movie. Yeah. So send in your own plot predictions to potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. If you want to reach us by email, you can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. Or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for potential spoilers or potential spoils. It'll come up. I'm sure it will. <laughs> it's Just somewhere. Do a Google search. It's 2021 for fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> that was go. really aggressive. You're really tired of promoting, promoting the show. Yeah. Promoting well, social media. Yeah, it's been more than 100 episodes. <laughs> so. I think people should know by now, but it's just what we do in the podcasting world, apparently. Anyway, so before we wrap it up for another week, we should briefly discuss what we're going to be talking about in the next installment of Potential Spoilers. Any idea what we're doing? I remember you told me, but I've forgotten. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Good good show prep there. <laughs> tell, anyway. tell me, tell me. So, of course, as is standard, we are it's returning a, to another an episode spoilers. of Actual Spoilers, where we revisit a plot that we've predicted in the past. We look at the movie and then see how well we did. And we're going back and looking at the sixth installment in the Terminator franchise, Terminator Dark Fate. Joy. See. We did two separate plots for that one, so we're going to see who was closer to the money, who was more on the money than the other person. Mm. And I think I know who it is going to be. <laughs> Certainly not me, but I guess so we'll talk tune about in next week for that. that show. Until then, let's go confront some Russian mafias. Yeah, okay. Types and uh, get my kitty cat beat, Let's go back. beat up some people on the train. I mean, let's go beat up some people on the bus. Yeah, not on the train. We're not monsters. On the bus. Everyone's a jerk on the bus. Yeah. Screw those guys. 